welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 239 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week, I'm doing a solo cast all about how you can work with overwhelm when you find yourself in a difficult situation or a trying time and you feel overwhelmed by the events that are going on around you and maybe in your own life. What are some of the things that you can do to feel more proactive and in control of a situation that maybe feels out of control? And how can you tune into your own emotions and feelings and find your way through a difficult situation? And what are some of the things around boundaries that you can put into place so that you can focus on yourself and what your needs are during a difficult time? Um, Before we get to the episode, I want to give you all a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in this week and always. It means a lot to me that you're here this week, especially I know it is so very hard for many of us with schools being closed and a pandemic going on. And I just want to say thank you. And I am so, so honored that you've chosen to spend a little bit of time here on this podcast. Jumpstart Your Joy came out in 2015, back when I was in life coach training. And it has been a labor of love ever since then. And such a treat to get to be with you guys every week and, you know, share joy in this world with you all. I feel like it's an important thing now, even more so than ever, that you take a few minutes every day and think about something that brings you joy because we all need a little bit of a bright light in a difficult situation here. I, of course, am Paula Jenkins. And if you want to find out more about me or about Jumpstart Your Joy, you can find it all on the web at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And there are show notes for each and every episode that podcasters just love to do. And I'll give you a lot of links so that you can look up some of the things that I talk about here in this episode. You can find them for this show at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash tame overwhelm. And while you're on the website, I invite you to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is called Three Joyful Things. And each week I take a look at the inspiration, intention, an action that you can take based on something that came up, either with the discussion with a guest or from a really cool quote maybe that I find about the topic that I'm talking about if it's a solo cast. So the link for that is right there on the homepage of the website and you can just click on it and then you'll get signed right up. (laughs) And those newsletters come out every Thursday. Also, as a way for us to come together as a community during this time of isolation and a pandemic, I am going to be doing a Thursday event each week at 2 p.m. Pacific time where we can all get together on Zoom and talk about some of the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take in your life, even though we're all separated and self-isolating right now. So this week on March 19th, that'd be Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, I will be talking about finding balance and defining what you need during these difficult times. If you'll sign up for the newsletter, you'll get the link. It will be on Zoom, so you could join by phone or by video. And then I'm going to be sponsoring these or holding these each week through at least April 9th. So next week, we'll have Mallory Weisong back on. April 2nd, I'm still working on the guests that will join me that week. And then April 9th, we'll be uh, joined by Christy Tending and talk about self-care practices. So please sign up for the newsletter to get the notices and the links for the Zoom on that. And I'd love to have you join us. I'm also putting up on the website 
a list of free activities that I've found from across the web that you can do as a virtual event. These include some really amazing concerts by the Indigo Girls and some other free events that other coaches and folks are holding because of this trying time. So you can find that on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. So let's jump into this episode. The thoughts for this episode started coming to me, revealed themselves to me a couple of weeks ago, back when my husband was in the hospital. He had intestinal surgery. And then some kids were picking on my son at school. And it felt like there was a lot going on in my life. And it felt very overwhelming to me at the time. Of course, since then, (laughs) this topic's become even more current and topical for so many people with the coronavirus coming into play here in March of 2020 is when this is being released. So, you know, it just felt like, yes, it's the right time for this topic. And it (laughs) the inspiration for my own life became an interesting inspiration for this larger conversation. I think that many of us are going through things that feel like they are just too much. Like I said, I hit that stage for sure, back when my husband was in the hospital. And then in discovering that my son and his friends had been picked on by this specific other child at school. And then there were a few other things going on. If we take me back to that week, hospitals are really not my favorite place to be in. I had PTSD after the birth of my son. And I've noticed of myself that it is difficult to go back into a hospital space because it's somewhat triggering. And it is exhausting for me to be in that space. And maybe that's something you've noticed about yourself as well, going into a difficult space or a place that reminds you of a difficult time. The other morning, I woke up as I was <laughs> living my way through my husband coming home and and I saw this post on Instagram that said, enjoy the process. And I had to laugh out loud at this one, right? I mean, it was like, what? <laughs> There's nothing about this process that I enjoy at all. <laughs> like, we are in it and things are hard and I don't even know what to say about all of it. This saying that's very common in self-help, self-help practices is to really enjoy the journey or enjoy the process. And I can say, hands down, I was not enjoying any of it. But it brought me to reflect on the question of how each of us can deal with stress and overwhelm in healthy ways. I haven't found that pushing overwhelm away or pretending that it's enjoyable will help. Like there's nothing to be said really for the Pollyanna view or the simplistic naive viewpoint that we can just force ourselves to be happy. I don't agree with that whatsoever. And even though I'm somebody that talks about joy a lot, I don't really think that we can simplistically will ourselves to be happy because I think that kind of misses the point altogether. And it sugarcoats the realities of what are sometimes mental health issues or being able to feel your feelings, but it takes away from the reality of the moment. And lots of times we're in a place where just things are overwhelming. And I have found that joy takes work, at least for me. And I think that I'm also naturally a very happy person. So if you are finding yourself in the midst of a stressful time, or you're feeling the real crushing burden of overwhelm and anxiety, here are a few things that you can weigh in the balance. Before we get to this, I want to also first give a a loving comment here that I am not a mental health, health expert. I've had my own trials with mental health. For whatever reason, I'm open about it because I feel like that's my role here on the planet. And having faced PTSD actually taught me more about joy than I would have ever guessed possible. But if you are having thoughts that frighten you, 
Or if you feel like you're having a hard time getting your footing beyond what you know how to do, if you've tried everything in your own tool chest and you don't know what else to do next, please reach out for help. And I've been there where I felt like I no longer knew how to care for myself in a mental health capacity and really reaching out for help from a mental health professional is the next thing to do. And so I encourage you to find help and applaud you to find help if that's where you're at. Let's go through these top things that I think you could do in jarringly (laughs) overwhelming situations. And number one, stop worrying about the silver lining or any other such nonsense. I think if we go back to the enjoy the process quote that I stumbled upon on Instagram the other day and that I (laughs) kind of laughed out loud at, lots of times I see platitudes out there that feel great when I first read them. Enjoy the process. But then when I'm in the moment of something hard that's going on, like a husband in the hospital or a pandemic, the platitude itself seems absurd. I don't think that the author of whoever said, enjoy the process, meant that you should pretend to suck it up or look for the bright side of everything. I feel like there's that underpinning of it that maybe we're all supposed to look for the bright side or we're supposed to find the silver lining. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think we can let go of that. And in letting go of it, it actually gives us permission to let go of a bit of the extra overwhelm that's sitting over our heads. I don't think that you can find the bright side, the silver lining, the blessing, whatever, until after you've actually had some time and space away from whatever you're going through. I do think there's probably some lesson in the midst of whatever the overwhelm is. And whenever things shift or change, you will learn things in your life. But sitting there and forcing yourself to name or claim what it is in the middle of it, well, that's just BS. You can let yourself be in the moment of feeling the overwhelm, getting curious about what it is, noticing that you feel overwhelmed, and you can take time to reflect on it later. But you don't have to put the pressure on it of feeling like there's a silver lining right now because you know what? Maybe there isn't right this minute. Maybe you just have to get through it. Number two is let it go versus let it be. Timing is always kind of crazy when you find yourself in the middle of overwhelm. I got an an email from Jennifer Lee, who is my coach, about how she'd had the flu for most of February, and she'd been reflecting on the idea of let it go versus let it be. We often put the pressure on ourselves to let it go when we're faced with the hard stuff, you know, and that means somehow (laughs) just you know, come to grips with it and and move on and let it go. Maybe letting it go isn't what the situation needs or even deserves. Letting something go might feel like you're quietly saying that it doesn't matter that much. And there's another weird little pressure point, right? Because if we are saying, oh, I'm just going to let it go. That's what I'm supposed to do. I just need to let this go. Well, maybe that's not the place that you need to come at this from. When you're in the middle of something hard, letting something go is just one more thing to do. Letting go is not a passive thing because it means you're involved and wrangling something or you're processing it. And there's a lot of doing, if you will, in the art of letting something go. Jennifer Lee says in her email, sometimes we're faced with circumstances or challenges that go beyond simply releasing. These are the things to let be, or at least let be for now. This is not about acquiescing, but it's rather about trust, surrender, patience, and acceptance when things are out of our control. When something matters, 
or something is pretty far out of your control, end quote. And so I think there's something nice about this when you feel that you're in the midst of overwhelm. Instead of putting the pressure on yourself to find a way to let it go right now, I think there is something really beautiful about just saying, well, I'm going to let it be. It can still be in my life. In, you know, in, in the example of somebody picking on my kid, I couldn't let that go <laughs> for sure. And then once I talked to the teacher and the principal and the other kid's parent and other people involved, I kind of found myself in this place where I've got to let it be. I have to trust that people are going to do the right thing. And instead of me saying this is okay and I'm going to find a way to be all right with it, I found that letting it be was something that allowed me to come back to it. And it'll come back in the time when it's ready. So when something matters or something is pretty far out of your control, you could try on the art of letting it be instead of putting it on yourself to try and let it go. Number three in this list is when you're feeling overwhelmed, notice the emotions that are present. One of my favorite practices, and I'll link up to one where I'm leading this practice, both on Insight Timer and on YouTube, which... (laughs) footnote, the YouTube one's really old, but I love centering prayer because it allows me to sit back and watch my thoughts go past and watch them go by in a non-attached and non-judging way because you do a visualization of your thoughts being leaves on a stream. And it inspired me to notice feelings that come up in a similar way, which allows me to get curious about why an emotion is there. Something that you could try on if you've noticed that the emotions are coming up and they're really big when you're overwhelmed is to notice the emotion, refrain from escalating the storyline, so what you're making it mean. So what that means is when I notice that I'm making the story that my kid's getting picked on, nobody's doing anything to help, the principal sucks, (laughs) the school's the worst, (laughs) and nobody likes us, because sometimes thoughts go there, is when I notice that that's where I'm making it go, I can pull the emotion back in, question if the story is real, which it is not, none of those things were true, and then I can uh, act upon my own emotional reactivity with it of saying, I understand why I feel overwhelmed in this situation, and I can decide, I can notice that the emotions are driving the show right now, and I can decide to also think about some of the other facts are here. You know, maybe this kid's, the other kid is going through a difficult time at home. Maybe everybody involved was being a little bit unruly. I don't know the truth of the situation, but it doesn't help me to get into overreaction mode. I think there's a lot of great work, and I'll link up to this in the show notes as well. Byron Katie in The Work and the Good Neighbor Worksheet that she has is a great way for you to pull a story into perspective and see if You're emotionally reacting to the truth or you're emotionally reacting to something that your head is blowing out of proportion. A a second one that I also love is when I catch myself in the gap moment. And what that gap moment is, is the moment between I can feel a thought coming into my head and acting on it. That's what the mindfulness circles they would call a gap moment. And I can feel for myself when it is that I have a thought that is based in emotion and me being reactive, and then when I do something. And if you can catch yourself in that moment and slow yourself down and ask, is this true? And ask, am I coming from a place of love or fear in my reaction? 
you can often make a choice that is much more aligned to really what you want to do and who you truly are than the emotion taking over. A couple other practices around that that I could see playing out, and I'll list these out in the show notes as well, is if you're stressed and feel yourself getting upset, get curious about why. What can you do about it? Is there something to be done about this emotion? Now, the answer to that could be, yes, there is an activity, an action I could take that would help me with this emotion. Or is there something you need to recognize about yourself? Lots of times when I'm overly emotional, it's because I haven't slept (laughs) enough. I haven't eaten enough. I haven't checked in with other humans enough. I haven't been outside. Any of these things are possible. So is there something else that's underlying this emotional response that you could take care of as well and maybe come back to the thought later? If you are stressed and getting obsessive about following up on the current news, for example, the coronavirus news, catch yourself on why. And if you need to check in again right this second, does throwing yourself into the information help you in any way? And one of the things that I really love that Erica Mandy of The Newsworthy said in an Instagram story this last week was, It's really helpful to set yourself up for a specific amount of time that you want to spend with the news. Now, she has a really great answer with her own podcast, which is 10 minutes a day. In many cases, the news isn't changing that fast. And so you could very easily check in for an hour a day or watch the 10 o'clock news or listen to the podcast for 10 minutes, but limit yourself in how much news you're taking in. I also love that Tiffany Hahn, raise your hand, say yes, suggested that she would also limit the amount of time she would spend looking at the news over the next few weeks, and she would only do it when her husband, a loved one, was in the room, because this helps check when the emotions are present. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, another thing that I might suggest is the conscientious cry, which is a mindful activity that you decide, I'm just going to cry. I am overwhelmed. I don't know what's going on, and I am just going to cry in this moment. So there's a bunch right there all around the emotions are present. I'll list them off here again, and you'll find them in the show notes. You could try Centering Prayer, which I'll link up to. You could try Byron Katie's, the work. She has a great work. She has a great worksheet that you can find on her website. You could limit the amount of news that you are intaking. And I will also list out those questions that I asked just a moment ago. Number four, this one comes up so big for me, but it's all about choosing what's important to interact with and what you actually want to give your energy to. And this one comes up for me different from when my husband was in the hospital than maybe something like a big news event might come up for me, but when there's a lot going on and if you're in the if and if you're in the middle of the big stuff, sometimes everything feels like it's important all at once. And that might be the worst thing about overwhelm is that it feels like there's no room to wait on anything. And because you're stressed, it's hard to slow down and feel like you can pick out the most important or the most essential. And of course, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that I love Greg McCowan's Essentialism as a book, choose the most important thing and don't worry about the rest. Two things here. It always seems like there's extra stuff that bubbles up during overwhelming times, and they also present themselves as urgent. And we were going to talk about that one in number five. 
And there are also always people who present themselves as wanting information. What I've noticed about these kinds of situations is that there is often someone or something that is demanding your attention and you need to decide if it's the priority right now. In my situation, my family is the most important thing to me and that's gonna be the thing that gets the attention first. The thing that I will say about this, especially if you are the one that is the gatekeeper of information, maybe someone in your world is directly impacted by the coronavirus, or maybe someone in your world is hospitalized, that's what came up for me, is there will always be someone in that sphere, in your sphere of knowing people, at least there always is in mine, who gravitates to assuming that the worst is happening when there is something hard going on. And oftentimes this person is also someone who needs ongoing reassurance. They need calming and comforting and caring for, and they demand information. Even though their role is that of a bystander, this is overwhelming in its own way when you're the caretaker and trying to share information with people. So this is an eyes on the true prize question. Because what usually happens here is somebody comes in and they make a lot of noise about needing to know information and needing to know right now, and they may not even be directly involved with the situation itself. If your priority is making sure that a husband gets care in the hospital and that your kid is taken care of at school, it's not also your responsibility to soothe anyone who is not one of the three people involved. So in this case, you, your husband, or your kid or in this situation, like my kids' friends were also kind of involved, but that's where the line stopped for me. You have to start to look out for yourself and your energy and what is the priority. Basic triage states that anyone else's mental health in these situations or unwarranted escalating nonstop concerns, that's not your problem. Why? Because you have enough on your hands and they are creating their own drama for themselves. So the new thing that I'm working on integrating for myself is how do I want to remain calm and take care of myself when someone with needy or frantic energy is present and wanting me to comfort, care for, and calm them? And what does it look like to take care of yourself when someone else who isn't immediately involved with the situation is demanding to be attended to, even though they are not the center of what really needs your attention. And this one is super hard, guys, because it's often someone who is really well-meaning and probably honestly concerned, and it's hard to juggle. So set up your own set of boundaries. Stay true to the thing that is most essential to your situation and find a way to communicate out updates if that's what you're in the middle of in a straightforward way. And so that might mean you're posting updates on Facebook and you can tell people, hey, I'm posting the updates there because that's the place everybody's looking. But it's really important to notice if one person or maybe part of a situation is just feeling like it needs you to soothe it or fix it or focus on it when it's not the most essential thing going on, it's okay for you to put that thing to the side. And it's okay to make it clear that that doesn't need to be dealt with because it's not your primary concern, especially when you are already overwhelmed. You don't need extra noise coming in and making itself be the most important thing in the room. And so those are the top things that I would suggest as ways to deal with overwhelm. And 
I also have five other considerations that I would love to share with you about questions that you can ask yourselves or considerations that you can make if you have found yourself in the midst of overwhelm. And the first one is something that my my beloved sister asked me is, can this thing wait? This is very similar to the needy person that wants you to soothe them. But is anything that presents itself as urgent during a time of overwhelm, can it wait? Because when everything feels very needing of attention all at the same time, that's one of the marks of overwhelm. And so I think slowing down and asking yourself, can this thing wait? Can this part wait? When can it wait to? Is it really going to explode or blow up right now? And then giving yourself the permission to put it down and just say, I can't deal with this right now because I'm already overwhelmed. And that's fine. Maybe it can wait. And is it really as pressing as it makes itself to be in the first time that you encounter it? The second thing of these that you could consider is to take a break if the situation is ongoing. And I I think that's going to be one of the really hard things about the pandemic is it's hard (laughs) because it is ongoing. One of the things that I would suggest is mindfully choosing to take time off. It's okay to decide to do something other than whatever may be overwhelming you. There's that great saying of everything works better when it's unplugged once in a while, including you. And Your decision to unplug and go on a walk or go read a book or literally take a day away if you can or moments away if that's what's available is really the mark of strength and prioritizing your mental health is part of taking great care of yourself. And that's important when you're overwhelmed because you need that space in between your thoughts so that you can find the gap moment and make good decisions, and choose what really is the priority. The third one here on simple ideas to deal with overwhelm is it's okay to treat yourself. One of the days while uh, my son and I were on the way to the hospital, I just said, hey, do you want to go get some frozen yogurt? And we did. And it was amazing. (laughs) And we were really glad that we did it. Another one of the days stopped by Target and each of us bought just a silly little prize for ourselves, and it wasn't expensive and it wasn't lavish. It's okay to take the breath and treat yourself because you deserve it. And it's oftentimes those little moments of joy come out of those kinds of things. The fourth thing here is that you are not your thoughts and you can detach yourself from them and observe them. This is similar to the gap moment. Sometimes when we're overwhelmed, we can find ourselves jumping into outlandish ideas about what the end result of what we're doing may result in. And oftentimes these things aren't even true. And so it's okay to step back and be like, whoa, you know, in the gap moment, when I start to see myself have this emotion, and then I jump to this conclusion, can I step back and observe what it is that I'm going to say, do, feel, or think? And observe who am I in that moment? Now, this one isn't simple, for sure. This is like a lifetime worth of effort to get to this space. But giving yourself the permission to step back, even if you've had like a really extreme reaction to something and pull yourself back from it and be like, whoa, that isn't what I meant. Give yourself the breath and the grace and then just restate it or just say, you know what? I just need a moment here. And that is okay. Because you are not your thoughts. Number five here is sleep is important. I know we know this. I even have it on my watch all day long. This is really important because if you look at sleep studies, if you are running a deficit, even of a couple hours a night, 
A lack of sleep can make you feel similar to being hungover, operating from a place where you're not in a deficit and you can put your best foot forward. Aim to get the seven to eight hours each night. It'll help you feel better. It'll help you feel more healthy and it will give you a better chance at getting yourself in that gap moment. And so the, the last note here is is about joy and aiming for joy and working with joy and overwhelm. And it's this. So if you guys have listened to the show for a while, you know that the, uh, the cornerstone quote for this podcast has always been from Henry Nouwen, and it is, joy is a choice and we must keep choosing it every day. And that's really my true belief about joy is that sometimes we don't hit it (laughs) and sometimes it feels hard and sometimes we wake up and we make the choice to go for it again today. So this last note is that some days you're aiming for joy and it's totally reasonable and okay and expected that you aren't going to land there. And I don't think this is a depressing idea. I mean, it's more like when you think about the quote of if you aim for the moon, you'll always land among the stars. It is the idea is that if you're aiming for joy, even if you don't hit it day after day, you're recalibrating the vibration that you think about every day and you're revisiting the space that you want to be in every day. And so the magic of choosing joy is that even if you don't hit joy, you're going to land amongst the spaces of contentment and happiness and delight and amazement and maybe just okay some days. But you're vibrating in a place that is a much higher vibration than the other side of things, which is fear. And so it's not going to be that every day is joyous and ecstatic, (laughs) overwhelmingly amazing, but that when you make the choice, you're so much more likely to see the good in people and smile at people and be able to take the moment to help a stranger or say thank you to somebody in a store. And that's that's the true gift that joy has given me, even in times of overwhelm and even in times of just feeling like I just didn't know what to do next. And so I really hope that this list of things that you can do to work with overwhelm in your life during this time has been helpful. The other thing I'll say about this is that these things are all on on a growth trajectory is once you've stepped into wanting to choose joy and once you've stepped into mindfully noticing your own thoughts and getting comfortable with who you are and and what it is that you think and do and how you want to act in this world, it does get easier. The thing that I found and the thing that shook me into wanting to really talk about overwhelm was that ridiculous quote from Instagram about enjoy the process when I was so far away from enjoyment. And the thing that it reminded me of was that the person I was five years ago would never have been able to navigate the overwhelm I had been in at that time meaning just two weeks ago, (laughs) because I needed the skill set and I needed the life experience and I needed to start to trust myself and know that I would get through the hard times in the way that I can. And so I will say, if some of this seems really hard and weird and (laughs) outlandish to you, you'll get there. I know you will. And the other thing that I will also offer up is you can find a list of some of the books that I've really enjoyed about this topic, about how you get to know yourself better and how do you look for for joy in hard times, I'll, I'll put a list up on the show notes for this as well in case you're looking for other resources that 
might help you get through some of the overwhelm that you are feeling right now. Thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find the show notes for this specific ep- episode, it's at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash tame overwhelm. And if you want to reach out, if you've had any aha moments, if you want to ask me a question about anything that I have said here, feel free to email me to email me directly at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com. And I would be honored to reply to you. So next week, I will be back with an interview from the very amazing Tara McMullen. I hope you guys will come on back for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website. You'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.